and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I can see we need a clapperboard, don't we? Definitely, especially mm-hmm. for for our YouTube stuff. So, red light rolling, and welcome to yet another edition of. I don't know how many. I said um, actually, what I'm going to do. One of my little jobs that I've got on the uh, on the list of things to do is to actually catalogue all the fleet geek stuff because it'd be good to signpost people to various um uh, episodes you know if you want to listen to something about i don't know um tachographs or something with you know go on to this this youtube so i'm gonna so i don't know how many we're up to but it must be quite a few now and uh, I, I reckon do- this is gonna be this is gonna be around 62 to 63 wow. episodes yeah. what great value for our dear listeners and viewers right. it's a lot lot, lot of content in that yeah, content. It's amazing how quickly it builds up, isn't it? It's does, amazing yeah. how quickly it builds up. Yeah. And this one we do shorter sessions, but we do them on a Monday and a Friday. So we're we're accumulating them at two a week, uh, right at two a week. Yeah. yeah. But uh I like I like that format. I think that I think it yeah, works well, well, mate. Works well. And we do get a lot of great feedback. Um, um, but it'd be nice to see some comments and what have you, um, you know, uh, give us some suggestions for what you want covering. We've had a few suggestions for, for covering stuff, but we, we quite often choose stuff on the hoof because it's it's relevant and it's it, it's it's um like today's podcast and the subject for today's podcast is uh something that hit the news i won't say there has been one or two other big issues in the news generally this week so i don't think this one really appeared in the news but into those those of us in the industry it was quite big news should I read the email, Mike? Because I've just got the email up. Do you think that'd be useful? You, yeah, that'd be very useful. Read, read some, some people might not have had that email. So one of the things we'll recommend to our listeners is that to subscribe to the Office of the Traffic Commissioner. A lot of people don't realise that they have a they have like an email platform. Um, obviously, there, there's several that we recommend. HSE is one, DVSA is another, and uh, the OTC is another. But yeah, go onto their website and sign up for their email updates. But the email came out, it was actually Thursday the 13th, so it was last week. Important message for all HGV operators. You may be interesting HGV rather than um, passenger. I'll explain that, yeah. Okay. You may be aware of a recent legal decision made by the Upper Tribunal found here, and in particular, and there's a link to the, to the decision, uh, in particularly paragraphs 31 to 38, where it was ruled that all goods vehicles in possession of an operator are deemed to be in use and must be authorised under the operator's licence. So that's interesting. We'll look at that again. Goods, vehicles in possession of an operator are all deemed to be in use. The traffic commissioners are aware of a practice in some areas of the industry where operators have more vehicles in possession than uh, than are authorised, and operators have been specifying vehicles when carrying out a specific operation and then exchanging them on the licence for another vehicle. One example was a pallet network removing one or two rigids each evening and replacing them with articulated lorries for the overnight trunk. A less blatant but still illegal example is where an operator with a licence authorising 20 vehicles, but who has 21 vehicles in their possession, uses the spare vehicle as a replacement whenever one of them, one of the other 20 vehicles are being serviced or inspected. This ruling means that operators must specify all goods vehicles in their possession onto their operator's licence 
even if they are not used on a public road all the time. For some operators, this will mean a variation is required as there will not be sufficient margin on their license. You can manage your operator's license here with the link to the Good Vehicle Online system and operating centres must have sufficient capacity for all vehicles. In making the ruling, the upper tribunal has reinforced the principles of the operator licensing system, making sure that financial standing and resourcing are properly reflected and are helping to ensure that a level playing field is maintained. The Traffic Commissioner may consider taking regulatory action against the licence if an operator is found to have more vehicles in possession than authorised under their licence. There we go. Yes. So, uh, rather a sad individual that I am, I actually read the whole um, of that. Um, Did you? Mate, you're such a geek. <laughs> Mike living up to his name, the Fleet Geek. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for, for, to, to, it's... I'm, I'm trying not very well to uh, to work my way through a law degree, which you know I've probably mentioned on here before. So I find I find stuff like this fascinating from that legal angle and what you know where we where this all come from. So just a bit of a background to where this came from. Um, there was a um, a decision made by a traffic commissioner uh, against a company operating. It was actually tar spraying. Um, uh, equipment and anyway th this this ruling um was uh or this or this finding by the traffic commissioner out of public inquiry so standard sort of fair you know really for what we what we have to put up with in the industry um and the the company in question the organization in question said we're not happy with that decision we're going to take it to the upper tribunal which is the the process for if you're not happy with something a traffic commissioner does and that may be an application or maybe um, as a result of, a, of a, a, a decision taken a public inquiry, you can take it to the upper tribunal. So um, this is a higher court that sits um, and, and sort of looks, balances um, the findings of the traffic commissioner against, you know, you as an operator making uh, representation to a, uh, a higher court. And this is the, this, this ruling comes from the higher court. So, um it kind of what that means is it does then set uh, as as a test case. So it's a it becomes they're not law. It isn't law. Um, that, you know, we have to make that perfectly clear. This isn't a you know. There's a new law. People, I've seen all the internet forums and people say there's a new law, which says it's not a new law. Uh, new law has to be made by Parliament. And good luck with that at the moment. Uh, so this is just a ruling from a from a from a higher court. That will then be used as like a as, as like a, 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 a test case, if you like, and be used like case law. So, and it's a rather strange one, isn't it? That operators are now scratching their heads, thinking, "Well, hang on a minute. What about my shunter that I use in the yard? Um, it's you know an ex-road going vehicle that I now use in the yard to shunt around. What about those two vehicles I keep?" Um, you know that, that we, we, we've 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 placed them last year, but we've kept them just in case, or we're cannibalising them for parts. And you know, what we're we going to do with them? Have we, have we got to put every vehicle that we have on our license? Uh, you, you're closer to the um, uh, the wheel sometimes than I am, Pete. With your you know, with operators, has anybody asked you any questions about this yet? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I think I'm quite. I think I'm, I think we're quite fortunate in that we deal with uh areas of the market where we have um we have operators who are largely um very conscientious um and most of our operators have more 
authorised vehicles than they than they actually operate, generally speaking. Um, however, we have had an operator, um, which uh, our previous colleague Jamie used to used to help, and uh, yeah, he certainly had to have some robust conversations around the vehicles in possession and those authorised on their licence. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was a surprise to me when I read the ruling that it was a surprise when I read that email from the traffic commissioners. Uh, it was actually, you know, that that practice. I can't believe that goes on. But, you know, yeah. maybe I've never. It's, it's prevalent. It's prevalent by the yeah. sounds of it. It's really prevalent in the industry. Yeah, and that seems strange. You know, that you'd go through um, the, the process of taking two vehicles off of a license in the evening, so that you could use another two different, you know, two two Arctics in the in the evening to do the trunking. That seems incredible, and I can understand why the traffic commissioners would get um, jittery with that. But where does that leave us then with? with operators that have got vehicles that they they have in their possession but don't use and and once again we have to come to this have you got enough vehicles number one have you got enough vehicles authorized on your your license um so a quick a quick scan through that then um when we apply for an operator's license we apply for a, a theoretical amount if you like an authorized amount um but but we don't necessarily operate that amount of vehicles. Uh, we would normally have a, a number of vehicles that are specified on the license. So these will be a registration number where we get an O license disc, and those vehicles will be specified on the license by registration number. And we normally keep a little gap between the two, which is called the margin. And most operators will 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 find that really useful because they can expand and contract within that margin without going to the extra issue of, of having additional vehicles authorised on the licence, requiring financial standing and all the rest of it. So um, there are drawbacks. You can't just go straight in and say, well, I'll tell you what, then I only want to operate 10 vehicles, but let's get authorisation for 100 um, because you have that financial standing that you have to meet on, on the vehicles authorised, not the vehicles specified. So, um, you know, that, that, that sort of stops that kind of thing happening. Uh, and also you have to have the systems and procedures and ability to follow the rules and all the rest of it. And you might not have enough transport managers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that stops, that stops operating. So we, the margin, you know, generally speaking, it won't be a massive margin. It will only be, you know, in, in, for a medium sized operator, it will only be, you know, two, three, four vehicles, whatever, uh, whatever it might be. So. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. That's the first problem. Have we got enough vehicles authorised on our licence? Um, which includes the vehicles that we may not be using on the road at that time. Uh, and then, um, you know, why aren't those, those vehicles specified on the licence? So um, I can see it causing a... It has caused some very big ripples. Yeah, my has, view, absolutely. And I don't know how you feel on or think about this. My view, uh, and it is only my view, but um, uh, I came to this view and I'm glad that I listened to another podcast which we won't mention because it's no no point in giving 
extra, uh, you know, publicity to the opposite. No, they're not really the opposition, but uh, but these people are far more learned than I am. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, ma- massively more learned than I am. And um, I was rather relieved the other day that that, that uh, this particular podcast uh, and the contributors to it uh, came to the same view as I did. Uh, and the view is that if the vehicles, the, the test would be for me, if I was a traffic commissioner, the test would be, is that vehicle VOR? Have you declared it VOR um, by a sworn notice? So if you, that genuinely would say that that vehicle is not used on the road and it is either up for spares or scrap or it's just a, a vehicle you may be using in the yard or whatever, um, for me, that would be a test. But, you know, that's not to say that's the, the position of a traffic commissioner. So that's that. that so there, there, therein lies a tricky one. I would um, I would uh, I would certainly have to ask the question of someone more uh, in a, a position of authority than I'm in to, to double check that. But I, I would I would say that makes that makes you know that makes sense doesn't it that makes sense so essentially if a vehicle is in your possession and is taxed for road use um uh but you know has has a valid road excise duty it has an mot uh it is inspected uh then you know that is that is in your possession and therefore that should be specified on your on, on your, your license, license. And you should yeah. have margin for that vehicle uh whether you know i think i think this issue is around uh, swapping vehicles around for 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 use um, on 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 the road and uh, yeah I think particularly you know a good example would be so I'm I'm going to use an example which I think seems reasonable but I suppose I'd want to check before I gave specific advice which is what I do so if this company came to me for advice my protocol would be to probably speak to my colleagues at earned recognition um, to see what their take their take on this position is. But I've got a really good example um, of a truck fest, uh, a truck fest type uh, operator, you know, a small family, small, small to medium sized family business. Um, and I know that he collects vintage HGVs and he refurbishes them and has them painted and they're collector's editions. And what he does is tends to low load of them to uh, events. Um, and uh, if uh, I believe if they are driven, they're generally speaking driven on trade plates or, or such, the such like, and they're never used for hire and reward. You know, they're they're purely there just for um, historical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're probably owned by the company, but it's like a hobby, a hobby type yeah. thing that, that that happens. Now that that operator might have a you know a margin for ten vehicles, ten vehicles specified. And then they've got four or five vintage vehicles that they use to, to exhibit at, at, at Truck Fest. I believe from what I'm hearing, those vehicles would be sawn. They've probably not got valid MOTs on them or, 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 or whatever may be the case. Um, I don't think we're talking about that situation. I don't believe the traffic commissioner is talking about that situation, if you're thinking that is. However, what I probably would recommend is actually getting that as categoric guidance. Um, I, I would I would probably ring and speak to a caseworker. I speak to the DBSA. I'd probably if if that client came on board with me, for example, that's how I would manage that situation. I would get categoric advice in that specific circumstance. Um, but I in 
I believe the spirit of this is not not targeting those people. It's targeting the people who have got essentially more vehicles in their position in, in their possession that are MOT'd, taxed, and ready to go. Kind of crew, ready to yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're using them on a cycle basis to cover maintenance inspections and and, and those kinds of things. Um, I, I I believe that's where this message is targeted. Um, but certainly, if I had if I had reason to, to to check in because I had a client come on board, then I would I would, I would certainly make sure that I'd crossed my T's and dotted my I's, so to speak. I think it, it, again, we we talk about this quite a lot on these podcasts that people ask questions, and in the industry, they believe um, they want something black and white, and and quite often we can't tell them black and white you know well uh, and even asking i think even asking the dvsa um you know no disrespect to, to caseworkers and officers on the ground you know they they're sometimes not in a position to give black and white answers on this kind of stuff and 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 that's why we have the, the system that we do in this country where um so if that operator said okay well i'm still not happy with the findings of that um of, of that tribunal they, there's another court we can we can take it right up to the the court of appeal um but you know to do that you're going to need incredibly deep pockets to pay these uh, you know to pay you to pay barristers and things so Absolutely. you know it, it's it's difficult isn't it i think i think that example i've just used just reflecting on it because i came up with it on the hoof yeah, on good. reflection on, on on reflection i think i think that'll probably be an email to the caseworker yeah, yeah, with a note to follow yeah. up in a couple of weeks. We've we've notified the caseworker that this is the case, That's what we do. and we've yeah. given them opportunity to respond, yeah. uh, and uh, and ask, do we need to increase? You know, that that email would say something along the lines of, based on this email, do you need us to increase our um, our operator's license? In which yeah, case, yeah. we'll need to review that in a business point of view. I'd probably take that route. Um, send it to them. I imagine that would get referred up to, you know, whoever the caseworker would speak to, their line manager or what have you. And I imagine an answer would come back, which I'd probably then just keep. That would be my evidence for yeah, future. To, yeah, that yeah, as a diligent operator, we we checked, we checked. This came we make, out. We, we make steps, don't we? We take steps yeah. to check and uh, yeah. to, to see if we can get some sort of semblance of order. But uh, it's it's one to keep our eye on. It's interesting that the, uh, the traffic commissioners. Um, you know, felt it necessary to jump on it kind of straight away and say, well, this is what we're going to do now because we've now got the backing of a court. We've now got the backing of a, what was a tribunal? We've now got the backing of a tribunal. Um, so we can now, uh, we can now do this. Um, oh, look, cup of tea coming in. Look, thank you very much. Look at that. Look yeah, at that, Not mate. bad service, eh? So she's you're getting better, obviously, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, we, we, we've now got the backing of a court, and they they've, they felt necessary, you know, felt it necessary to jump on that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting when we see the forums and people say, "Oh, have you heard the new law?" Well, it, it, it isn't a new law. It, it, it's just a it's just a, a certain way. Interesting that case. Um, the company, the lot, the upshot of it is that their tar sprayers they were you know arguing were out of scope and i believe actually the the, the the trainer thought is that they are actually out of scope it's just they were wrongly uh they were wrongly sort of classified as being in scope but now they're, they're, they've kind of gone back out of scope now so it actually it wouldn't have been necessary all this wouldn't have been necessary but uh it is what it is we are where we are as they say and now the traffic commissioners have got another 
um, you know, thing. But having said that, you know, sticking up for the traffic commissioners, it I didn't under I didn't appreciate that that sharp practice does go on in the industry, um, and, and I think everybody can see the the, the the silliness of that. You know, that's just ridiculous. Um, I, think, I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move to clarify the position. You know, yeah. when as as uh, hearings occur and evidence is gathered, and you know previous cases are able to be applied uh, in practice, I think that's a, you know I think that's a great practice to to email occasionally and clarify positions. It creates I a always, bit of a conversation and it you know provides clarity. I always say when I'm doing um, refresher training or OLAT training or anything like that to operators. And director's OLATs is a good one as well. Uh, when we do a director's OLAT, I always say um, to those people with control in the business, you know, to uh, tra transport managers, directors, the like, I always say a really good starting place for any audit on your company is count the number of vehicles you've got in the yard <laughs> and then look at your O license. <laughs> is there a disparity between the two? Because if there is, you need to put it right. And, and I think yeah. that's actually a really good catalyst for you know, you'd be surprised, you know, some people, what happens with big companies, uh, big organisations, even, you know, multi, well, I say multinational, but national organisations, you know, they'll, they'll, for example, they'll shut the Bristol branch. And um, what they'll do is they'll move two vehicles from the Bristol branch to the Northampton branch. Um, because, you know, they're, they're, they think, well, you know, we, we're not, we don't want to sell the vehicles or we're still paying the lease on them. So let's move into a branch that's still open. And then all of a sudden, what you find is you've got this, like mission creep, and all of a sudden your 10 operators, your 10 vehicles at Northampton have become 12 because you've taken these two uh, in from, from a branch that's closed. And, you know, quite often operators can fall foul of that those numbers um, by not realising, by just this sort of creep of, of general stuff. So I always say good starting point for any audit, just count the number of vehicles you've got against your operator's licence and the two really need to match. So uh, buses... I'm going to get the last. Yeah. I'm going to get the yeah, last one. Buses. So, why is it different for buses? Um, it is slightly different for buses because, interestingly, and it, it, it I just, it's kind of one or two things are coming into my mind now that have sort of fallen into place. But maybe for a different day, another day. Um, but because uh, I'm always interested in this historic, why we get where we are, and and this makes sense to me now. Um, so buses, um, on a bus operator's license, you don't need to specify vehicles. So uh, in the bus world, your operator's licenses are transferable. Uh, not your operator's licenses, your operator license discs are transferable between vehicles. So you keep a pool of vehicles and you just transfer the discs as necessary. So you, you don't, you know, there's no need to specify vehicles. Having said that, you still need to have an authorised amount of vehicles. So, you know, it doesn't really affect the bus world as much as it will do the, the, the truck world. But uh, that's why bus, bus, but why, you know, so if bus operators license discs are transferable, why not trucks? And and I've always thought, I, I didn't really know the answer to that question, but I think I do now, but that's for another day, I think. Okay, look at that cliffhanger. Well, we'll do our little YouTube bit now that we're reading our book. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the comment. Oh, by the way, Tony Stott, if you're listening, thank you for the comments. Mike, we need to go in and respond to Tony. He comments on our videos and we need to make sure. Excellent we stuff. Well done. But, yeah. Spanish Tony, well done. Yeah, yeah, we love you, Spanish Tony. Big shout out to Spanish Tony. <laughs> That's what, what Vista, baby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, enjoy the corona. Um, but yeah, so hit the subscribe button, comment, like, share. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Brilliant. See you on the next one. Bye. See you later.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.